0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to
1: Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program,
0: visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: Judy, I'm so worried about you. I hear you had a stroller accident on the way into Roberta's today.
3: I got clipped by a stroller waiting for a coffee in the front of Roberta's by the by the um, sweet bun section. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, like remember when we started coming here a couple years ago? There were no babies here. There were no old people. Now there's like people with baby Bjorn's strapped to their fronts, clipping innocent bystanders who just want a coffee. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day to me, Judy McGuire.
2: <laughs> and how you feeling today? Were you out doing the <laughs> Were you out doing the pub crawl with the rest of your uh, your tribe last night, Judy My- McGuire? I actually did go to a bar in the East Village last night. Really? <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. I know. We were the oldest people there by a thousand. And how How'd that work out? A bar in the East Village last night was bad. It's My Saturday. neighborhood, it was already a parade of like green plastic hats. And I mean, I was just a few moments away from that multicolored river of puke that is. Not, <laughs> no, we, we went
3: there, and uh, there's some guy wrapped in the uh, Ukraine flag. He was the other old person, and then he had to go home to his wife. He's like, I'd like to invite you ladies home with me, which we were seriously considering, except for my wife would be upset. (laughs) Anyway, for St. Patrick's Day, we have our great drinking expert guest Rosie Schaap thanks Yay. so much for coming Yay. thank
4: you so much okay. for having me again it's all nice right to be that's here right.
2: that's right famous tippler and scribbler for the New York <laughs> <laughs> Times and of course uh, your, your book Drinking with Men very popular here on Arts and Seizures. thank <laughs> you
4: and it's true I've sometimes been called a professional drinker which is exactly what my mother expected I'd grow up to become
2: <laughs> God bless ya
4: <laughs> Jesus Marion Johnson <laughs> I learned how to make an old fashioned when I was like five. Was it your dad's drink or your mom's drink? Both. Both, okay.
3: Yeah, yeah I, w- I learned to muddle. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was <clears throat> fine Irish tradition. Had my first beer at my first Holy Communion.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's good. It sort of just turned into like a little cocktail making helper monkey. Yeah. Judy's smart. Just teach her how to muddle.
4: Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I you ran a little pub crawl last night in my, in my neighborhood. Um, and just sort of uh, somewhere between Gramercy and Murray Hill. Um, I mean, it was it just gets uglier and uglier every year. And already there are these like, big posters for the St. Patrick's pub crawl. I mean, it's advertised in adv- in advance. Um, even the non-Irish bars, the bars don't usually fly the flag, the rodeo bar. I mean, they have their colors yeah. out. It just gets ugly fast. I don't know where these people come from.
4: Yeah, they come from all over the place. And and I usually um, just forego St. Patrick's Day. But, you know, when it's on a Monday, it does stretch out across the whole weekend that precedes it. Um, So I got out of Manhattan early yesterday. I was in in Manhattan doing some work, got back out to South Slope, where I live, around 5 in the evening. And I got to say, I just went to my local bar, the bar where I happen to work every Tuesday. South. South? And um, I was going to have one pint of Guinness. (laughs) And what happened? Famous last words. (laughs) Famous last words. Um, As we say at South, I got Southed. So I had two pints of Guinness and a little bit of whiskey. Just a wee dram. Just a wee dram. But there were fun people, and we were having a great conversation, and that's what I love about being in a bar. (laughs) That's what I love about being in a bar
3: that's not in Williamsburg or the East Village. Because there are other adults there, and you don't feel like somebody's dirty parent. Well, we've had this
2: conversation before. <laughs> I mean, it just gets harder and harder to find an adult bar for a civilized drink, and it sort of it goes from sports bars. My day, I, mean, I just I don't like TVs and bars. Yeah, you know. I mean, I get the concept of going to a bar and watching the game. I'm all for that. Yeah, that's fine. That's what but, a sports bar is uh, for. That's where yeah, are. exactly. But the alternative, and not somewhere short of the, this new wave of cocktail bars, which I like. You know, an artisanal, well-made cocktail by an educated mixologist. I get it. That's all, all well and fine. Absolutely. But between that element of hipster cocktailology and just a bar where adults can go and have a conversation without having to listen to you two or Bruce Springsteen on the box have become far and few between in New York City.
4: Well you know I think it's true that there are fewer of those kinds of great regular grown up neighborhood bars, but I also have this theory that they're still around and people don't want to talk about them because they don't want to jinx them or make them go away. People have become kind of protective of their neighborhood, of their locals, um, you know, as these safe havens where you can be a grown-up and have a conversation and not watch a game and not listen to music you don't want to hear that's played too loud. Um, So I find, you know, when I wander around the city, I find, oh, here's a little sleeper of a bar in the middle of nowhere, and it turns out to be delightful and everybody's very quiet about it. So tell us some. Okay, there's
3: none in Williamsburg. <laughs> I'm going to tell, yeah. tell you right now, if you want a quiet drink in Williamsburg, you go to a restaurant.
2: Like, or, yeah, or yeah, like yeah, ho- you no know,
4: restaurant bars can also. Restaurant option.
2: bars are awesome, and I think as we get older, also, when you have a couple extra dollars, and you're not looking for a cheap pint of beer or happy hour specials, you definitely have more flexibility.
4: Absolutely. Um, because we're old, and we
2: are...
4: <laughs> I'm not uncomfortable with you saying that about me, Mike. That's fine. Yeah, uh, very I, nice. I can, Mike, Mike alienating another guest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm all right with it. It's better this than... We just mean older. you're over 28. <laughs> yeah, but, but, I think it's safe to say you're over 28. It's definitely safe to say that. <laughs> it's it has been safe for many years to say that. Uh, you know, I think we kind of have to seek these places out. I, You know, to be o- open to surprise, a place that might look really... Um, Lackluster on the outside might have a great old bartender who has great stories. Um, I think it's a good time for trying a place that that we know isn't one of these really upscale cocktail bars. Um, and we know isn't just a you know a, a dive for early 20-somethings there are these places in between uh, just take a chance and walk in and see what happens I'll, I'll pitch a bar I'll tell you which bar sure. in my neighborhood I like I like the Black Duck Bar um, yeah uh, and, that's a very grown and, up place you know, yeah and know
2: of my friend Richard who uh, manages the joint yeah um, it's Really regular. It's uh, they he tends to play bebop and jazz at a very um, tolerable volume. Great. You know, there there is a TV, but it's not the main attraction it's right. in the corner. So if you need to take a peek and uh, see if the revolution has started, you know, in, in Europe yet. <laughs> Which revolution? Yeah. 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 Um, or, or, uh, or here in America, um, see if the riots have begun. Um, the TV's on or who won the game. But it's not, it's not the thing. Right. It's right. not if, the thing. If the
4: TV's not dominating, I mean, even at South, we have a TV, but the volume's never on. It's stuck in a corner. It's not a gigantic monster. It's just well, there. This week,
3: I, um, I was telling Rosie earlier, I went out to Donovan's in Woodside in my adopted new borough. And uh, it's an old Irish bar. It supposedly has the best burger in the city. And it was delightful. And you know, the men at that bar—I think I could have gotten lucky if
4: if I weren't already. <laughs> Judy, what's <attacked>. the address?
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> <It's> right <laughs> off the
4: seven train. Right off the seven train. They're a like bunch the of old Irish queens, guys. Yeah. Right off the seven train.
3: But it was very nice. I mean, the the waitresses are not as nice as they are at Molly Shabin,
4: my second uh, favorite Irish bar. Which is a Irish great bar. Irish best, bar.
2: best daytime winter bar.
4: It's beautiful Ever. and cozy, and they pour a great pint of Guinness. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of. Um, folklore attached to what makes a great Guinness great and a bad Guinness bad. Tell us. And about you'll hear it. all kinds of things. Yeah, much of it, apo- has to much do- of it apocryphal. Absolutely. You know, I've never gotten uh, a, a conclusive answer of any kind about this. But you know, people will say if there's really great turnover, it's a place that's pulling pints of Guinness all the time, if they keep their lines nice and clean. But that should be true of any beer yeah. you drink. That's right. Um and of course so much is in Lepore. And, I mean, I always take pride in pouring a pint of Guinness. I take it seriously. It's a wonderful ceremony.
2: you don't don't pour a pint. You build a pint.
4: Well, true. Um, But I know that it's just not possible here. Maybe in an Irish bar in the farther reaches of Queens or the Bronx. Maybe. But for the most part, no one in New York is just going to wait as long. As as one expects to wait for a Guinness in Ireland, they're not going to give me. You know, I can take maybe three minutes, mm-hmm. but beyond that, people get very impatient. Well, Guinness
2: was was brilliant back in the day when I was a uh, beverage journalist, a business. <laughs> beverage, it's true, I, I was yeah. an editor for a Beverage World magazine. Was
3: that before or after you were a stoner journalist?
2: <laughs> I went, I, okay, <laughs> they go together listen, fine. I went, I went from pornography to liquor to drugs. <laughs> There's right. nothing
3: left uh, okay. for you to do in this Which world. Is, like, you basically, never no vice <laughs> <on> the, same, <laughs> the
2: same career trajectory as like a head of steer in a slaughterhouse. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Um, When we were I did do a story Um, About Guinness, yeah. And I talked to their CEO, their marketing people, and it was brilliant. This was in the mid '90s. They had effectively lowered the temperature um, from a marketing standpoint, even like just the image that oh, Guinness was is warm, and it's really you want warm Guinness, and it's something for old men. But that's what a lot of young Americans had this idea that you know in Britain they drink their beer warm, you know, or not even like you know cask temperature or cellar temperature, right? right. Um, But they effectively lowered the temperature, and they were on an education trip, which was an amazing, I mean, marketing thing. I mean, they like quadrupled their volume I mean, yeah they have a very small slice of the actual general market yeah you know maybe it's like you know half of 1% but that half of 1% represents a billion dollars and they they quadrupled it in a couple of years by partnering with bars yep. by getting women who wanted to be you know to drink Guinness while the band was playing Van Morrison or U2 <laughs> and all these friendly friendly Irish things because Irish bars were a place where old men went at once in a right. time, and now they're very chick friendly and youth friendly and the people at Guinness really had that in mind they said right. If I can get you to try Guinness twice, you'll be a Guinness drinker.
4: Yeah, it's kind of like olives that way. You know, if your grandma said, oh, you need to have six of them or something, (laughs) then you'll like them. And you're like, why do I have to do that? But I do like olives, it turns out. It's true that I, I still don't see as many women drinking Guinness as I see men. Um, because but, of the calories. I another guess. myth, though. The calories, but but it is pretty low in alcohol. But but for, it's not more fattening than regular beer. I understand. I don't think so. I mean, do I pay attention to that? No, those no. Things? But I think these
2: are the myths of, of, of Guinness. It's not that strong. It's not that fattening. It doesn't have blood in it. Well, all these weird
4: things you used to hear about Guinness.
3: It's our St. Patrick's Day pizza. Hooray! Thanks, Evan. Thank you. <laughs> that looks delicious. That looks amazing.
4: Um, I don't know about the calories um, because it's true. I really don't pay attention. And whenever you know, I get a lot of pitches for some. Oh, this pizza looks great. Speaking of wow. calories and not caring. <laughs> I'm letting myself go. perfect. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's well <laughs> all, in progress I, I'm, here. I'm, yeah, I'm right there. <laughs> um, you know, whenever I get a pitch for a, a, a drink that starts with the word skinny, uh. it's like instant <laughs> delete. <laughs> so this is not my field of expertise, the calorie content of different drinks. But I know that Guinness is, is not terribly strong. So for me, when I was on book tour last year and it was fantastic and everybody I saw in every city wanted to go out drinking – and I didn't want to let them down, but I couldn't get completely hammered every night. Guinness is my strategy, because the alcohol's not very high, and I can linger over a pint for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it can take you a while yeah. to
3: drink a Guinness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, man,
2: this pizza's unbelievable.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're so like, hungry, I think
2: we should take our break a little early. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> and it's like this, I think, episode number 121 or 122, Jenny, and the pizza, man, it just does knock get all.
1: Really.
2: Does
4: it Does it get better every week, mm, the pizza? Or it, it can. Just, wow. Sometimes, Sometimes it does. Are there more napkins over there?
2: Um, We'll get you some napkins. Why don't we Hi. take a quick break? Evan, um... We're we going to hear w-
4: the Pogues.
3: Uh,
2: <laughs> Excellent. Shane
3: McGowan and. Because it's
2: Purim. We'll <laughs> to yes, because it's Purim,
3: that old Jewish band, the Pogues, is well, playing also a drinking holiday. Dallas. Right. Sh-
2: sh- right, right.
4: Shlomo McGowan. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Perfect. All right, it's Arts and Seizures here, broadcasting live from Murders on the Heritage Radio Network.
1: What's Jimmy Blythe? I'm on again, the the night's out to the pace of early morn He soothed the souls of cygals and the men who had the horn And they all left very happy in the morning But Jimmy didn't like his place in this world of ours Where the man brought as next to he had too many pairs So I sad to see the grieving of the people that I'm leaving And he took the off with God knows in the morning We walked into the station in the rain We kissed him as we put him on the train and we sang him a song, a time's long gone, now we knew that we'd be seeing him again. More sad to say, I must be on my way. So buy me a pair whiskey, cause I'm gone far away. But I'd like to think I'll be returning when I can. To fight the this deadly boozer and to Sally McLean. The, the years of fire and times have no changed, I so grow to be a man. I learned to love the branches of Sid Sonny Macdonan. I took the chairs and drank the prayers and crawled my home and done. I ended up a barman in the morning. I tried to pump and took the hump and watered whiskey down. I took the bows and horses, third of men gonna drank the brown. I heard the sight of Jimmy's Mike and money far
0: away. My name is Brandon Boyd, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place.
2: Roberta's is a very, very 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 proud sponsor of the heritage radio network we're also super awesome thank you heritage
3: shane yeah we were just uh <laughs> talking about uh, shane McGowan and eating pizza um i interviewed him a, a bunch of years ago when peace and love came out in the gramercy park hotel back when it used to be like mm, a yeah. really cool place yeah, that was a great bar the original mm-hmm. gramercy Bar. great bar great date bar absolutely really fun um and then i saw him a like about 10 years later and it was really sad because he was playing this festival out on Randall's Island and he was basically, you could tell he was wearing adult diapers Mm. and it was around St. Patrick's Day. No, it couldn't have been around St. Patrick's Day because it was summer. But his pants, you could tell and he had to be propped up on stage and everyone is screaming for him to drink and it was just so, I mean, I know he had issues with heroin too but it was just so sad like that he has to be this this like drunk fool
4: Yeah when he's obviously a very Brilliant person And I don't use that word lightly I mean I really think he's such a brilliant songwriter And has a great mind and, uh, yeah, I've had the same thing at Pogue shows. You know, they used to play New York around St. Patrick's yeah. almost every year for years, and I would always go. And much of the crowd is really fun. And as we all know, there are few things more poignant than a late middle-aged mosh pit. Yes. <laughs> <You> can, <laughs> Broken hips oh, aplenty. Oh, oh. Exactly. Always see. Um, but, yeah, there is this sort of freakish, like, medieval fool kind of thing. People shouting at you know, just sort of, I don't know, goading What's what's most sad and abject about him, rather yeah. than what's so great about him?
3: Yeah, it just—I don't it, get that impulse. It really, it really depressed me. The last time we saw him, we saw him at Roseland around. Well, mm-hmm. they were going to play around St. Patrick's Day a couple years ago. I think I went
4: to that. Yeah, and he ended up in a wheelchair. Yep, I was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah he had to skip a, He fell on the stage in Boston. Had to skip a show, and then they played. Yep. And it's just you know, it's so.
3: I mean, so many.
2: So what are we saying? That there's a downside to all this alcohol. Yes, there is. Well. well, Rosie, you're a professional drinker. <laughs> do you feel the pressure uh, to be cocktailing it up all the time? You have a public image as a, as a drinker. It's Even you true,
4: do. and people sometimes are disappointed because I don't get drunk. It's not, you know, I'm I'm, I'm well, drinking, drinking drinking is your gimmick. Um, drinking is part of my job, and I love it. I don't like getting drunk. I've certainly done it. But it, at this stage in my life, I really can't do it. And, and also, be a, there's the drinker part and the writer part, and the writer part doesn't work out for me so well if I have a hangover. Um... So I, I don't often feel pressure, um, but but there's a lot of joking, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just had two drinks, and that's it. I just yeah, feel like sorry. having two drinks. Sorry, you know. Again, I'm, I'm nobody's performing drink monkey. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. You're also a bartender. I am a bartender. And you're by the bar, and, um, and I love that is a bartender. window to the world like none other. It is. It's really great. I, I, I kind of think everybody should do it, at least for a short time. The stories you hear, and, and you know, I think... We've been hearing a lot in New York lately, certainly during the last mayoral campaign, about how economically divided the city can be. And the bar, or a good neighborhood bar, still feels like a kind of leveler, where you you meet a little... A little bit of everyone from everywhere in the city, and I find that endlessly interesting. Yeah, you, I'm not feeling
2: that as much as I used to. Though again, you know, it's, it's yeah. the, it is the tale of two cities, and it's it's sad, sadly true. It may not be um, as ultra super polarized, and you know, you know, as we, yeah. you know, as it's been painted by by some people. I, I
3: think it depends on where you are. Sure. In my neighborhood is completely polarized. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. It, yeah.
2: Your your neighborhood being Williamsburg. I mean, boy, oh, boy, I was thinking about that, too, in, in our lives in New York City, how we've seen the city turn. And I guess the East Village is really the first, you know, neighborhood that we really saw turn over from, from artists and being a rough part of town and and drugs and, and whatever the hell the East Village was, an artist place. I'm a little too young to really have seen it happen to Greenwich Village. A little bit I saw it happen to Soho, like, when it kind of went from, you know, from lofts to, like, you know, high-end fashion places. Yeah. But Williamsburg, in our lifetime, this has oh, been an yeah, amazing yeah. sociological... Years. Yeah, you know, cycle that we have seen from a barren desert to like the episode. But it or, wasn't a barren well, desert; it was no. full. Of, it. it
3: was full of um, no. you know Hispa- Hispanic working people, Frank- Polish, yeah. well, Italian, and, well, like working class it, people, again, you know. and and in industry. And instead of industry, now we have rich people buying twenty dollars cocktails. Wow, and, and, you know, a, a hat store opened where a liquor store was for like. Thirty years, they moved to Park
2: Slope because the rent yes. was cheaper. Yeah. Now, every neighborhood needs a good hat store, and I don't—I don't mean to overstate <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the desert thing, but I do recall it. Cause, you know, in the eighties, being recording records there and way down North Sixth Street or Seventh Street. I mean, there was nothing there. There was—it was industrial, and if you wanted to get a drink at a bar or you wanted to get food. I, mean, and it was yeah, see, I
4: I think what Mike's saying is there was no bar. When he would say there's nothing there, <laughs> what we well, the mean only is bar, there were, the, yeah. the only
2: bar, and, and another great one, is uh, the Greenpoint Tavern on Green Bedford Point Avenue, which is, which is always one of my favorite And the turkey Turkey's Nest, I was going to say. That's, a little, that bit, place. that's a, little, a little bit further down the road yeah. out of the way, but Greenpoint Tavern to get... And you talk about keeping the lines clean. I remember the first time I was in there and they served the, what, 32-ounce Budweiser's and Styrofoam cups. Like still, at Ferrell's. Right, right? Still to this day. <laughs> and, um... They pour a lot of Budweiser there. Yeah, And those lines are fresh. The kegs are, I mean, you know, the lines are clean. The kegs are fresh. That's good Budweiser. I mean, that's like, wow. I'd like, like, you know, if I were to install a keg in my shower, I would like it to be maintained by the people at the Greenpoint Tower. I hope they're listening. (laughs) Do you drink in the
4: shower, Rosie? I do not drink in the shower. And I I read something, I don't know, maybe last year about about college students getting drunk in the shower, like before going to class. Really? It's like, what is this? Really? Well, Should, I mean, like, like shouldn't why? they be having sex in the shower, think, or something, you know? Like also, spend, and then have get drunk after class, something. Kids, what's going to happen to I your GPA? Well, as as you know. know,
2: I'm a big proponent of the beer in the shower. You <laughs> need um, a kegerator for that. Bathroom I've, I've, I've thought about it. I've actually looked looked at, looked into it. It's, oh it's, it's expensive. Um, well, Budweiser in Canada is my shower beer. It's my go to shower beer. Okay. I wish I could get peels like Jimmy Breslin used to. Oh, pitch. yes, Real I remember beer. that very well. Right? Yeah. Um, and he was the guy. Talk about a drinking journalist. He was our guy. It. A real drinking beer because that would be my shower beer. But um, you know, beer in the shower—it's not to get loaded. It's to—it's a—it's a great hangover cure. It's the only thing that's a palliative for a hangover. What really. about the science of that, Mike? Uh, yeah, well, his science. No. Mike's science is, the is always dubious. It's a sound. Uh, it's is sound. It, hey, works listen, it works for Mike. It works for Mike. Come on, Rosie. You know that a hangover is your body telling you that it's missing the thing that you've been feeding no. it. So all you oh. need to do is kind of get a little equilibrium. Uh-huh. A hangover is there's too much blood in your alcohol. <laughs> and so, but a hot shower, cold beer. But I also like. Just want to say that I love the beer and shower, like before I go out on a date or before dinner when I'm taking or before back. you do radio. Yeah, wake up on a Sunday. Well, you know you're starting the day. It's just nice. It's all. It's only a beer for Christ's sake. All oh,
4: right. I mean, no, no, no. Harsh judgment is being issued here. You know, it's like I'm like a shower drinker until
2: I can afford better. That's like my spa. I got it.
4: <laughs> I got it. I can see that. I can see that.
2: Ladies who lunch go
4: have like little cucumber water in the uh, <laughs> sauna. Uh, pen- unless it's a lane stretch. Oh. Then she'd definitely be having a drink in the shower. <laughs> when I think of ladies who lunch, I think first of Elaine Stritch, <laughs> which I think is good. We were at, my, my friend Stritch. Dan and I were at IKEA two
3: weeks ago, and he goes, "Oh my god, Elaine Stritch is in the cafeteria." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my Elaine god, Elaine Stritch is not in the cafeteria at IKEA."
4: That would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, turned, wow. I don't mistaken. think it was Elaine Stritch. I can't imagine. <laughs> So that's a movie I would watch. Elaine Stritch at IKEA <laughs> with those wow. Swedish meatballs. With the Swedish meatballs, I was trying to find the right joke for the Swedish meatballs, but it didn't seem appropriate. Yeah. No, no, I, no. I don't think the um, the public
2: drinking drunkenness um, in terms of like you know the Rat Pack vibe and you know the old Dean Martin kind of like, Frank Sinatra swinging and swirling and being publicly drunk. It's kind of gone way out of vogue. I think people. Well, and if mean, you ever remember those like Dean Martin roasts and Foster Brooks and those whole yeah. shtick was being shit faced. I don't think that goes over. Anymore.
4: Not really, and I mean, I think, you know, of, of, of the great, illustrious um, public figures who drank with gusto, we, we lost the greatest in the last year, Peter O'Toole, whose name must be invoked on St. Patrick's Day, and I, I raise my glass. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not impressed with the antics of rock stars. I'm not going to name names right now. <laughs> Hi, ladies. There are these nice girls who are here checking us out. <laughs> Cute, no. um, but Peter O'Toole. I mean, that was that was um, sort of elevated bad behavior. You yeah. know, you think of O'Toole Al- like, I think of Oliver Reed oh. in, the, in the Peter, O'Toole, oh, the, in the Peter oh. O'Toole league. Oh yeah, yeah. But 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 the thing was, I mean, O'Toole did it with such grace and um, and he was cu- and with kindness where where Oliver Reed could just be mean and scary. O- <laughs> o- O'Toole was always. Elegant and and friendly and fun. But now we have Gwyneth Paltrow claiming none of her
3: friends get drunk. Getting drunk oh. is unattractive.
4: Well, I'll tell you well, what. Well, that's that, that's true, that's uh, that's uh, one reason I wrote "Drinking with Men" because of these ideas, especially about women, that mm-hmm. it's unseemly to drink to drink, especially uh, alone in well, a bar. Well, you know, I, you know,
2: I'm laughing, especially um, amongst our contemporaries. Once upon a time, if you got caught drag racing your Lamborghini while you were stoned, and then were belligerent to the fuzz, you'd be some kind of folk hero. <laughs> you yeah? know, but um, unfortunately, the guy who's doing it isn't, isn't like our guy. Not our guy He's not, not our, our guy. guy But that kind of like Willful public yeah. Misbehavior has gone So out of style yeah,
4: well, well you know So you say it's gone Out of style I just feel like It doesn't have style anymore No When like... you have Justin Bieber Doing it Yeah like... I was I was trying not to Name the name But <laughs> let's well, just go yeah, right I, ahead I thought I did A pretty good job Not mentioning it Yeah you did a great job I mean I drove All the way around the block Not to mention his name You did uh,
3: Justin Bieber <laughs> Justin Bieber The guy with the hair
4: Yeah well, uh-huh. I feel like, um, you know, we've talked quite a bit about beer, but we should put in a good word for whiskey. Let's oh! Tell, tell me whiskey how you get a taste for it. Whiskey. I've never... You have a taste for it. I don't have a taste Whoa. for it.
2: Well, a taste spend a weekend with Rosie and I and uh, you come, out, you come out the other side of and, yeah. <laughs>
4: Uh So I, I'm, I'm having uh, coffee now with a, with a nice little um, slug of Kilbeggan and Irish whiskey you may mm. not know as well as, you know, Jameson or Powers or Bushmills, and it's delicious. Um and, and I do feel that there are some pairings in this world that are just such classics. Um, I'm looking at this pizza and of course mozzarella and tomato is one of them. But a pint of stout and Irish whiskey is fantastic. With it. It's just magic. A boilermaker, but even
2: you know, a, any a bottle of Budweiser and, and a and a shot of bourbon, you know, a beer and a shot is Yeah.
4: I, I'm I'm pro any boilermaker, but for the this occasion you want a a pint. And of I'm, a, I'm a whiskey, but never a
3: car bomb, especially not on St. No, Patrick's. No, that's
4: that's bad form.
2: I don't Is I that don't car bomb? Is that, that like something thing, involves drop dropping into the? Yeah, it's messy and, that's dopey for cho- that's and for children.
4: and the name. You know, I mean, I have a thick skin, and most people I know who spend a lot of time in bars do. But some people really are upset by that name. Some people. Terrorism jokes just aren't hilarious. <laughs> Go yeah. figure. Um, Uptight, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's no, so I do much. Think it's
2: in bad. I've taste. been a whiskey drinker since I was a teenager, uh, that starting with surprise starting you. with Jim <laughs> Jim Beam, which is uh, still among my favorites. I mean, there's so many good it's bourbons great. Absolutely. and all these like handcrafted bourbons. Yeah, and I love Woodford's amazing and Breckenridge's coming out of Colorado is really. I mean, it's there's just uh, no really no nice end stuff, of great whiskey. But, but I do really like Jim Beam. I um, you know, I'll, I'll drink uh, Ten High. I mean. I mean, it's look. There's a difference. I can tell the difference. Right. But the difference, and the difference to me is five dollars. Right. Per shot. <laughs> so, but r- seriously,
3: Rosie, what is the perfect St. Patrick's Day drink?
4: Oh, I I would say a pint of stout. I mean, it's usually going to be Guinness, but sometimes you can mm-hmm. find uh, another stout. I, but I, to me, the sort of classic is is Guinness and Jameson. Um, I feel like Irish whiskey. Um, some people disparage it a little for its its uh, relative. Um, demureness in a way. It's it's filtered three times, which it does make it quite smooth, and some people find that makes it a little uninteresting. I totally disagree. Uh, uh, Irish whiskey is very I just think flavorful. It's so drinkable and so pleasurable. Um, I mean, there are higher shelf Irish whiskeys I love too. I'm a big fan of Redbreast, which I think is a fantastic. Jameson whiskey. and,
2: and Bushmills are both such good products. They're both very delicious. I'm not such yeah. a Powell's fan, but. Um
4: Oh, I like Powers also. Um, and, and they have a special release called John's Lane, which is mm-hmm. one of my, my recent favorites. But yeah, a pint and um, a, a neat whiskey. Yeah. And you sip the whiskey or you do it? A- sip it. Sip you it. Know, shooting, I like to taste my liquor. Right. The I shooting thing, not for me. Yeah. Well, you know, and then there's... Except, the, there's, except to celebrate, except, you know?
2: Except... A shot is a nice concept, too, which sort of is also not, you don't see quite as much. I don't think you do, right? I mean, you order a whiskey neat. that's fine. Um, I mean, bartenders in the old bars used to pour you a shot back, you know, with a wink and a, wink and a nod yeah. in a real shot glass that you could shoot because it yeah. wasn't gigantic. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. a real shot. Yeah. It was an ounce and a half of yeah, liquor and very, right. very manageable, which is really, you know, one of my pet peeves about cocktails. Um, is that they're all gigantic these days.
4: Oh, I mean you, that's changing, Unfortunately, uh, You know, yeah, I mean, a, a martini
2: not... is supposed to be something you can drink quickly and stay cold. It's yeah. not supposed to be six ounces of no, vodka. I
4: agree. I th- a martini should really be no more than A silver ounces.
2: bullet. And you should be able to have two and walk out of there. Sure. You know, also, I mean, I go to some of these, you know, restaurants, like, I know it's a good pour and it's kind of manly mm-hmm. just to have a bourbon on the rocks. I don't really need a bowl of bourbon. Really? Well, you know, I know I need the option. I need the option. Right. You right. know, I mean, it's so much liquor that. I mean, by the you time... can
4: stop. Yeah. Nobody's leaving behind to drink the whole. No,
2: thing. Yeah. As if. As if. As if. It should yeah. come with two straws when you see these. Like, you know. <laughs> it's a tiki bourbon in oh, a skull. How I miss those days, right? Of Trader Vic's in, in, in the um, in the Plaza in the Plaza yeah. Hotel. You get like yeah. a drink for seven. That came in a bedpan, basically. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs>
3: So what are we doing for Thanksgiving?
2: For Thanksgiving? <laughs> wow.
0: Arr.
3: Arr. I'm cutting you off, Judy. I know, that's it. <laughs> no more coffee or water for me. For St. Patrick's Day, I'm going to watch uh, The Real Housewives of New York with our friend Val, who's going to be on this ep- issue, episode. Oh, well,
2: it's maybe I'll, episode, turn, I'll turn on to see uh, our friend and uh, often frequent uh, guest Val Frankel, but I was just going to go home and hide.
4: Yeah, that's <laughs> my plan.
2: I mean, this is like um, St. Patrick's Day. Is like the day to stay off the fucking street. Um, you know, it's not quite New like Year's, New Year's Eve, Eve, which is my least favorite night of the year. But um, yeah, I try to stay off the street at St. Patrick's if Day. If I have
4: a good, productive day... I might be persuaded to go out just for a whenever I say I'm going to go well, out and have a pie. Well, Rosa, you're a <laughs> journalist. Go you need to go out and, and, and right. you know, and you're highly trained in the art of observation. And <laughs> I want to respons- see your tax return. I want like <laughs> your, your expenses must be hilarious. <laughs> They're kind of funny, and, and I'm I'm very cautious, you know and. And I say to my accountant, "Really, really, this is this is this really is my work." And she's like, "Yes, it is your work. Like, okay. Yes, yeah." Well, it's nice
2: work if you can get it. That's what they say. And it's been the fastest half hour on the internet today once again. Where can we find you, Rosie? We can find your book on
4: <laughs> Amazon. Black <laughs> Bar. Can, <laughs> you can find my book all over the place. You can find me at South in the South Slope section of Brooklyn on Tuesdays from two to nine. So come on down.
2: Tuesday afternoon drinking—that's good. I'm it's approved. really
4: fun. Day drinkers are the best people. I hooky. have to do that before I leave. Yes, playing
2: playing hooky is, is the best,
4: right? It really is.
3: All right. Well, we'll see you next week. I don't. Even, I next, don't even next know who our guest next, is next <laughs>
2: week. <laughs> next week is pizza week. We've got all right. The pizza next guy. week is pizza week. We've got Chicago versus New York pizza happening right wow. here.
4: I know who deserves to win that.
2: It's not really a competition. But the guys we got from from Chicago are not your standard uh, Chicago pizza guys. They yeah. are, it's like a stoner laboratory of pizza revolutionary imagination. It's going to be good. We're going to have some fun. That so, sounds good. Uh, once again, for Judy McGuire and Rosie Schaap and Evan in the booth, it's Mike Edison on Arts and Seizures. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website.